Hello, this is Terry Cheek. I want to thank you for choosing our broadcast, and my prayer is that it will be an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. Comments or questions can be directed to me via the link on our sermon audio page. Now, on to your selection. And I want to read, beginning with verse 18, Revelation chapter 2. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last is to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put you upon, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken into shivers even as I have received of my Father, and I will give him the morning star, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. There's a lot there in this that he said to this church. As a matter of fact, this letter to Thyatira was the longest letter of the seven that was written. It said a lot. There's a lot going on at Thyatira. Now, as I said earlier when we started, these churches are significant in a lot of ways. First of all, they were a literal church in the first century when the book of Revelation was written. Second, they represent a point in the history of the church where things will make a significant change of direction. Third, they also point to the history of the church and to the history of believers as it will be from that point forward. One does not replace the other. One builds upon the other. So what we're looking at at Thyatira, we're seeing a church, a church that sat within 20 miles of the church of Pergamos, which was the last one we looked at. But it was considered to be next door in that day and in that time. And historically, when we're looking at this, we're looking at it being written around 95 AD, but it actually prophetically pointed to the church in the Middle Ages. 
also known as the Dark Ages, around 500 to 1600 A.D. So when we hear about Jezebel, Jezebel was a real character in the Old Testament. Jezebel was a very evil woman. She was the wife of Ahab, the king of Israel. She took and she perverted Ahab and she perverted Israel and led them into following and worshiping the idol Baal. And in doing so, she led an entire nation into idolatry. So we have a picture of who Jezebel was and who her heart, what represented her, her influence. And we got a picture of the time and the period of around the, the Dark Ages, around 1500 A.D. So who are we pointing to at that time? We're looking at a queen, a queen of England that was named, called, nicknamed Bloody Mary. She was a woman who hated the church. As a matter of fact, she was a member, a high-ranking member in the Church of England. But the Church of England was a government-run church at that time. So whatever the government said to do, they done, and any other religion wasn't allowed. So Bloody Mary went after the Christians who were not worshiping in the Church of England, and she was killing them. She was having them executed. And she killed so many Christians at that point in time in history, she got the nickname Bloody Mary because of her hatred and her convictions and her persecution of Christianity. So where does that call all of that? How does it tie in to where we are today as a church, as Christians? And when I say church, I'm talking about the body of believers. I'm talking about the saints of God, those who are saved and born again. I'm not talking about a building with a sign on the front of it. So where does all of that speak to us today? It gives us some warnings of what is coming. This is a picture of the church that will be in existence and will be working toward heading us into the great tribulation of Revelation. And we, we talk a lot about and we hear a lot about rapture and what the rapture is and when it is coming and, and things of that nature. And all of that is true. It's all going to be there. But uh, the, the, the historical points that we're looking at lead the time leading up to that point. What will the world look like? What will the church look like at that point in time? And this gives us a picture of the church and what it will be faced with and what it will be turning to as we get closer and closer and closer to that point of the rapture and the beginning of the Great Tribulation. So Thyatira is introducing us. Thyatira is rolling out the carpet that's going to take the church into the rapture and into the Great Tribulation. Three things that I've got from this that I want to share with you this morning. 
First, I want you to see the Lord's emphasis upon Thyatira and upon the church even today. And it is two phrase, two words, repent or be judged. Repent or be judged. Now, the Lord had a lot of compliments about Thyatira. They were doing a lot of things right. They were loving people. They were helping people. They were on the outside. From someone on the outside looking in, they would have given the perception of being a textbook, top-of-the-line church. But the Lord also said, I have some things against you because the Lord sees what's on the inside. He sees what's going on in the heart as well as what's going on on the outside. We can make a good outward impression and yet be corrupt in our heart. And that's what the Lord was saying to the Christians in Thyatira. And that's what he is saying to Christians today and what he has been saying to Christians ever since this was written. Was that we need to be concerned about our heart and our motives and our intentions because our actions can be so controlled by other things in the world that if we're not careful, we will give a good outward appearance, but we will have a corrupt heart. Something to think about. Something to be concerned with. So from this, from verses 18 and 19, and the emphasis upon Thyatira and the church, the Lord emphasizes his person. Notice the Lord refers to himself as the Son of God. In the other churches, he's referred to himself as the Son of Man. Why did he change? And he changed for a reason. Because he wanted Christians to know that he is deity. As I've said so far just a few moments ago, he knows the heart. He knows He knows not just what our actions are on the outside, but he knows what our intentions are on the inside. And it's important that if we're going to serve the Lord, if we're going to be Christians, and, and understand there's no separating those two things. If you are a Christian today, you are serving the Lord. You are. It, it isn't about, well, you know, he hasn't called me or, well, you know, I haven't really behaved and I haven't really done right in my life and, and I haven't really, I've made a lot of bad decisions and God just can't use me. Yes, God can. And if you are saved this morning and you know that you are a saint of God, he is using you. You are speaking on his behalf. When you go out into the, into the public, when, when you're in here among one another, you're speaking on behalf of the Lord because he bought you with his blood. 
when you came to him and you asked him to save you and to cleanse you, he did so with his precious blood. And in doing that, in doing that, he redeemed you with that price, with his death, burial, and resurrection. And he set up residence in your heart. And in doing that, in the heaven, his presence there through the Holy Spirit, you are a spokesperson for the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is his deity that we're representing, not our deity. We're still sinners. We are. There are only two kinds of people in the world today. And it isn't political. It isn't racial. There are unsaved sinners and there are saved sinners. And we fall into one of those two groups. All of us. It isn't about our deity. It's about the deity of Christ. And he wants the church to understand that he gives us a chance to repent of our failures so that we don't have to be judged by our failures. So we don't have to pay the consequences of those failures. He emphasizes this to his people. When he gives them the compliments of their love and of their works and of their endurance. And that word patience is another word for endurance. They're, they're tolerating, they're putting up with, they're, they're working through, they're going through the bad stuff on the outside and they're doing it and it looks really, really good. But there's still some things not right with their heart. And he wants them to realize that yes, it can be both ways. You can be that type of a person. And there's risks with that. There's problems with it. Because it comes down to then, what is the conduct of the church? The conduct that he identifies here is not a good conduct. It's called heresy. It is an indulgent permissiveness that runs through people. We call it today tolerance. We call it tolerance. We tolerate things in our lives that we know God doesn't want. God calls them sinful. God labels it as sin. But we tolerate it because well, everybody else is doing it. We tolerate it because it's popular. We tolerate it because, well, I'm just, it's what I want to do. I've got a right to make this decision. Whatever it may be. I've got a right. And we tolerate that. We justify it. But in God's eyes, 
In God's eyes, it's heresy. Because that's what happened with Jezebel and Ahab and Israel way back in the Old Testament. Israel said, the king is doing it. Why can't we do it? The neighboring nations are doing it with Baal. Why can't we do it? If the king says it's okay to worship Baal, it's on the king, it's not on us. And they justified all of this sinful behavior. And it led from one thing to another. What began as just showing up at an idol, worshiping Baal, just showing up for the service, turned into singing the hymns to Baal. It turned into learning the teachings of Baal. And then it turned into practicing the practice of Baal. What happens in our life today is when we tolerate things that we know the Bible says we should not tolerate and we let them come into our lives and we let them come into our homes and we let them start influencing what we see, what we think, what we say, what we sing, then before you know it, we're not only just watching it on television and we're not only just listening to it on the radio and we're not only just talking about it, we're tolerating it and we're even participating in it. And it can be anything. It can be indulgence in alcohol and drugs. It can be sexual immorality. It can be any number of things. We could go on and on and on with the list, but this is not about putting up a checklist of do this and do that. It's about looking at our heart. And it is about understanding how God sees us. And asking the question, how do I fit into that? How does God see me today? Does he see me as someone in the church of Thyatira that is corrupted and that is following a heresy? Or does he see me as one of these folks that he talks about in verses 24 through 29. Does he see me as one of these who have not followed the teachings of Satan? Now that takes a very, very dedicated person. And I'm not talking about this morning the slips and the falls and the stumbles of life. Okay? I'm not talking about those. And I'm not saying that to give you a license in your mind to 
to choose to put off or, or tolerate something that God says we shouldn't be tolerating. I'm speaking realistically. I said at the beginning, there are two types of people. There are unsaved sinners and there are saved sinners. As a saved sinner, we will fail God from time to time in our life. That's why at the very beginning he said repent. I've shared it with some here. Repentance in my views and in my, my feelings, my personal feelings, repentance is the most beautiful word in the Bible. Repentance is not about admitting how big of a failure I am. Repentance is about it's looking at how big of a God God really is. Because repentance looks upon Him. Repentance looks upon God. And it's, He says, I'm willing and I'm here to receive you back. There's a separation between me and you right now. That's a separation because you have moved, God says. I've not gone anywhere. But God says, I'm right here. Come on back. That's repentance. So you see, when we come down to who these people were in Thyatira who were so wrapped up in this person of Jezebel who was so corrupt, who was leading corruption and immorality and adultery and everything of those nature, when we look at who those people were, they weren't someone and a people who had just made a slip or a fall or a failure to God. They were someone who had made a decision to willfully turn away from God and stay away from God. And then there were those who said, no, I may not have always done the right thing, but I know that's not right. I know that's not where God wants me to be. And they stayed and they came back and they renewed their walk with God and they got closer to Him because of it. So this morning, when we look at everything that's read in that church, everything that's written about Thyatira, everything from verse 18 through verse 29 this morning, we come down to the point of asking ourselves the question, which group do I belong in? Am I in the group who has turned away from God? Who has pushed God aside and I'm following Baal? I'm following these, this, the, the, these, these heresies that are out there? I'm tolerant of all of these things and I'm, I'm so tolerant that I have moved away from God and I'm enjoying it. Am I that person? Or am I the person that's saying, uh-uh, I'm getting out of this and I'm coming back to God. I'm coming back to the God that redeemed me. I'm coming back to the God that saved me. I'm coming back and I'm getting close to Him again.
I'm rejecting all of this stuff of Satan. That would be the same thing, right? Yeah. And the other one said, yes. Amen. Yes. I'm rejecting all of this stuff of Satan. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. It doesn't mean you won't enjoy life. But it does mean that the life that you have and the life that you're moving forward with is going to be a life worth enjoying. It's going to be a life worth sharing. It's going to be a life that has a testimony that leads other people to Christ. It's going to be a life that shows others this is how great God really is. He picked me up and brought me off the bottom and He raised me up and He's moving me forward and if He can do it for me, He can do it for you. Don't follow the teachings of Jezebel, the heresies that are out there just because they look good, just because they make you feel good, just because the majority of the people are saying do them. Look at God's Word. Ask God's people what is the right choice because there's a lot of choices out there and a lot of them look really, really good. But underneath, when you get into the heart of them, they're corrupt. They may look like they're full of love. They may look like they're full of welcoming and they're full of endurance and patience. But on the inside, they're corrupt. So each one of us walks away today with that answer in our heart and in our life. Where am I? How does God see me? Are we really ready for God's answer? We better be. Because now the truth has been given to us all. And that answer is going to be revealed. So as it's revealed in our hearts of where we really stand with God, how are we going to deal with it? That's where we stand this morning. How will I deal with this answer? How will I deal with it between me and God? Will I repent or will I reject? Those are our two choices. Our two choices. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for everything that you've given and everything that you've prepared today. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your moving and your anointing of the preaching. Lord, I pray that in my life, for me this morning, I pray that I would be one who would repent and move forward. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege you've given me in the past to do so. And Lord, I want you to encourage these ladies. I'm asking you to move in their life. Encourage them also to move forward with you in the right direction. Repent of those things in their life that need repenting of. 
Lord, show them that they're put behind them and they're no longer there. Heavenly Father, encourage them, strengthen them, and draw them into a closer relationship with you and move them forward in everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.